Hello, welcome to this episode of DJ Force 10 in Conversation. Um, I've got Zardonic on this episode, DJ Zardonic. He's uh, um, a DJ, music producer, um, coming out of uh, Venezuela and um, now residing in Germany. And he's uh, coming over to the UK at the end of this week, um, or end of this month, uh, to play the Infest Festival which is um, an industrial festival based up in Bradford in England. Uh, unfortunately, I won't be there. I would have loved to have been there. Um, but I'm on holiday that week with the family. So, um, yeah, I won't be able to make it. But also Rave the Requiem are playing, former guests on the show. Uh, so I am very disappointed that I'm not going, but also going on a family trip. So, um, you know, family is, is, is family and it comes first. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a heck of a festival. But... Uh, Generally, Zardonic is one of those artists that I've been following for a long time. I've been wanting to get him on the show for a while as well. Um, just purely because our, our sort of like our tastes in music are on par with each other. And it, as it turns out, our journeys through music and stuff are very similar as well. Uh, which made for a great conversation. Uh, you can tell by the timestamp on this, it's quite a hefty one. Uh, it could have gone on for much longer, believe me. Uh, we were kind of just chatting away and then we realised the time. And um, yeah, uh, he was uh, he was in Germany, so he was an hour ahead of us and it was closing in on midnight there. So um, I had to get out for work the next day, so we kind of had to cut it short. But I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have another chance um, uh, again uh, soon at some point to do something else uh, which would be really cool um, but yeah um, thank you to all those that um, have joined me since uh, uh, listening to the Tiffany episode uh, a couple of weeks back uh, the response from that has been absolutely fantastic I can't believe it um, it was kind of one of those interviews that came out of the blue and uh, and thank you to um, Dave uh, Purnell uh, for setting that up but it's it's the response has been great and, and Tiffany it was such a, a great interview for someone that um, like as a child I listened to and that song has been like an earwig uh, for me for the longest time and it's continued since that interview to be honest um, yeah it's been one of those things and uh, a lot of like my friends and stuff were quite uh, astounded by it as well you spoke to Tiffany and I'm like yeah yeah <laughs> um, but yeah she's currently in the UK doing lots of promo actually she's been all over the television uh, she's just about to play the uh, Rewind Festival as well uh, which is over in uh, Maidenhead or Henley I should say um, so she's playing that with a bunch of other artists like uh, Michael Bolton um, Belinda Carlisle a lot of good like Rewind retro kind of festival as you would expect um but yeah no thank you for those joining us this is a very different interview for those who haven't gone back into a few of my other ones um just purely on the sort of style of music um on this one but we're we're, to we're talking like heavy drum and bass uh dance music in general and metal uh kind of like having that fusion and uh yeah like i said it was a great chat we were going on we could like i said we could have gone for ages but i'm not going to sort of delay it much longer um i've just got one more thing to say or actually two more things the radar festival i did the after parties for a couple of weeks ago was fantastic watching bands like animals as leaders heart of a coward um no consequence to the one-off uh, reappearance and um no it's a fantastic uh, uh festival in guildford they're doing it again next year uh, so look out for that they haven't announced any uh, bands for it but i hope to do the after parties again if they want me if not i might just go as a punter um but yeah, um, that and I'm still on the midst of my um, 
365 days of scratch uh, i think we're up to about 226 now as of, as of recording this particular intro and um yeah that's still going strong I'm, I'm i'm not missing a day i'm going on holiday i'm taking the portable turntable with me so you'll be seeing me scratching in in various places uh in the north of england um and and the family have agreed to let me take it in order to complete this 365 days challenge i've set myself um but yeah anyway we're going to get on with this interview so yeah please enjoy this is zardonic on dj force 10 in conversation Sounds good. Well, in that case, man, whenever you want, I'm not sure if this is already recording. Just let me know how should I proceed? What um, do you want to... Well, it's already recording, uh, to be perfectly okay. honest with you. I just sort of like... Where, the way I do these things is, is it's very, like, conversation-based. So however it starts, however, wherever it goes, it's kind of what whatever happens, if you will. That, I, I like that. That's perfect because that's that makes the best interviews, I think, when it's too, like... Look, tell us something about your new record. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> again. <laughs> you know what I mean? So why do you wear a mask? I'm like, no, fuck that. <laughs> so I think it's it's ideal, I guess, in some way that I'm that I have a beer in my hand right now and we're just yeah. talking. That's uh, all good. So, um, yeah. why do you wear the mask? All right, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead and answer you that one. <laughs> right. uh, fair enough. It's everyone's uh, favorite question. I mean, I guess it started. Um, it, it, to be honest, like there's, there wasn't anything special about it in the beginning. I just really wanted people to remember it Yeah. because the bass, the, the mask is based in a logo. Okay. So I yeah. wanted people to remember the logo the same way that they would remember, uh, for example, uh, Carl Cox, his logo is his own face. Yes. So it actually started kind of like that. I was trying to make a logo out of my face, but of course I wasn't a very, a good designer back then now i have i can do some decent stuff but but i could never put my face in that in that way yeah and i thought well i'm gonna see if i can turn this into something else and eventually i started playing around and it became this logo that everybody knows now and um so i was like okay i started using it in my shows in i would just wear jackets with the logo in the back and yeah. that kind of stuff and it looked cool but at some point, I realized, no, I want to take this to the next level. So the logo clearly lo- looks like a mask. So yeah. why the hell not just wear a mask instead? And that's what I did. I found someone that could do a mask for me. She was a uh, an old lady that did uh, customs for for theatrical whatnots okay. in my hometown. It was pretty interesting. She did it in 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 fabric at first it was first intended to be sort of a lucha libre character kind of like the same vibe as the the bloody beetroots of sorts and um the first time i put the mask on and i looked at myself in the mirror that's when i realized this is this is going to be something much bigger than i think i mean in the in the sense of the meaning it portrays it's it's not just the mask anymore like yeah. this thing has some power that i'm still trying to understand so when the, that's that's basically that was the starting point then i played a show in um caracas with demi borgir that was a 
pretty pretty big show it was the first time that i wore the mask and yeah. uh, i think it left a pretty interesting impression uh because you know i was like this dj opening for a legendary black metal band and uh-huh, of course yeah. <laughs> a, a, a lot of bands were so pissed off I can, so I can, pissed off i can yeah. imagine i've i've been yeah. in those, those shoes so yeah it's uh <laughs> it's yeah they get all like oh the djs are taking our gigs i'm like bullshit yeah whatever <laughs> but I, I, and i was so happy about it like i'm not you know i'm not usually i don't get so easily affected i think these days people i think people need to learn again to grow thick skin yeah so like these things can destroy uh, a a you know, someone from a newer generation. I mean, I'm kind of guilty of being, I'm still, I was born in 1985, so I guess I'm technically a millennial, but but there's so many things that I don't seem to relate to. I mean, these are all stereotypes, but they're stereotypes for a reason. There's some people that do seem to fit the, the pattern, and mm-hmm. and in many ways I don't, because maybe because I was born and raised in Venezuela. Venezuela is a country where, you know, if you get fat, people will greet you like, hey, what up, fag? They're literally, <laughs> we call each other fags. Yeah. Uh, it's it's like a friendly thing, even yeah. though these days this word is so uh, almost forbidden. Yes. I, I don't care. But uh, anyways, that's what they do. They'll be like, holy shit, man, you look like uh, I, we have this friend, for example, who's a, he's a death metal vocalist, really great, great guy. Uh, he's a friend that I that I cherish like a brother no no lie he just had a son and he told me like uh, you're an uncle now and i was crying my eyes out like <laughs> it was this beautiful thing so we are really connected in that level it's this guy we used to call him a uh, meat planet <laughs> like that, that's the kind of shit we come up with so nice. it's like you know they force you to hear all this really terrible things so you you have no choice but to grow a thicker skin because if you get mad People would, will just be worse with you yeah. and until the point you realize, okay, there's just no point in getting mad. So you start, uh, you know, you start joking around with people as, as well. So I guess that helped me. Mm-hmm. But in any case, I, I went a little off topic. Oh, no, so no, it's all um, good. <laughs> it's, all good. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it's Go it's good material. So I was just <laughs> going to say that the reason why the mask is not uh, fabric anymore was because it was stolen in a gig in Portugal. Okay. And uh, and then I was like, I got really angry about it. But instead of like, just you know, I still wanted to find the guy who break his fucking legs. But <laughs> I figured I'm gonna take this energy and use it into some, put it into creative mode. And I was like, okay, instead of doing another fabric mask, I'm going to take this to the next level, and I'm going to do a glass fiber mask was the first one that i that i had after that yeah and it looked okay then i made it look better and so on and so forth with different designers different uh, creatives and not got the one you see now so cool. i guess that's the story so far okay that's cool um so how was i gonna go the you have a like uh like you've already said you kind of come from a, a black metal background um you have that uh oh hello 
I'm here. Oh, you're here. Sorry, I had a beeping. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, you know what? Let me do something because I think it might be because uh, it's switching from Wi-Fi to mobile network. Okay. Now I, it, now it's just a mobile network and uh, the Wi-Fi is still very good. So just okay. go ahead. Yeah, no worries. Um, so no, I was just going to say, you come from that, that black metal background. Like you said, you open for Demir Bilgo, um and you've, you, you've, you've got that in your uh, your musical style. You've got, you've got the metal sound and you've got the bass of, of, of the dance music in there. What was your? Because um, obviously, I'm 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 in the same kind of mindset. I believe, you know, I have yeah. uh, I, I've played your stuff for years. To be honest with you, uh, you thank you so you, much. You man. actually sent me a bunch of remixes and stuff as well a couple of years back. Um, yeah, I, I remember that. It, it, it's still good to know that I have someone like you supporting it. Yeah, um, and um, I just wondering where where your sort of inspiration comes from when you where you kind of crossed over those sounds because. Um, like say from the sort of black metal background it, it is quite different from the sort of big club dance hall place. yeah it, they're they're pretty much i think completely opposite philosophies yeah in a way and i was just sort of wondering um, where you sit with that where's your where, where did you sort of when did you choose to take that path uh well the the thing that happened was basically um i always had in mind this goal that i wanted to do nothing but music uh when i was younger and uh these days the goal is the same except maybe i've taken that into different directions like yeah. i'm also working as a mixing engineer producer for other artists and mm-hmm. whatnot if anything you can think of from black metal to country i don't mind if someone has talent and they need a good mix i'm there i'm happy to do it it's a, it's something that I, I just did like a quick master for a friend of mine who has a reggae band. It's like nothing. The funny thing is he's also got a black metal background, but for some reason he's got a reggae band. And, uh, <laughs> and it's, you know, it's like nothing, nothing like I would thought I would ever work with. Yeah. But there I, there, there I did it. And I was, it just made me so happy to be able to take that and make it sound better and give it to him. And he was happy. The whole band was happy. So, the, you know, I'm able to put my skills at the service of people. It doesn't matter in in which direction. My I might have some limits. I I don't I don't think I'll ever do reggaeton unless somebody puts like a really 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 juicy check on my lap. <laughs> uh, but I just I'm not. That shit was big in Venezuela 20 years ago. I had enough of it, and now it's a trend in Europe. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, the reason I guess um, sorry not the reason the the one thing that happens to me usually when I am in that limbo between metal and drum and bass, as I said, I did several projects uh, and I, fi- and I figured, okay, whichever project uh, gets the most attention, that's the one I'm going to go for. But I made sure that I tried several projects yeah. with different music styles that I knew I liked and I enjoyed producing. And this was anything from black metal and industrial to drum and bass and even minimal techno. Yeah. Uh, funny enough, I thought the minimal techno project was going to take off and it didn't. Instead, it was the heavy drum and bass. So, but I think the signature of Zardonic, even though like Antihero is a very metal fueled album, mm. at the end of the day, Zardonic is still a drum and bass act. Um, I'm thinking maybe of doing a live show of sorts so I can play the more metal stuff. But, um, I just, I really, really enjoy the sound of drum and bass. Yeah. Like, uh, the original UK drum and bass scene sound, uh, or even the older American stuff, uh, the early 2000s, late 90s, like I'm all about that stuff. 
so, and I realized, you know, this is a pretty fast paced dance music genre. It makes perfect sense to mix it with metal. Uh, and, uh, that's what I started doing and, uh, it took off somehow. I mean, naturally there were some things that I, I'm not sure if I should have done it or not, but I did it because I wanted to, it wasn't it, like, I didn't mean to offend anybody, but for example, there's this really old, uh, bootleg remix that I did of, uh, Bathory's, uh, Equimantorn song, which is like this black metal classic that nobody should touch. And I just went ahead and did that. <laughs> Somebody uploaded it in YouTube and there was so much hate. Like everybody was so, I, I think I'm, I'm sure like Corson is probably like revolving in his grave. Like how the fuck does this guy even think about that? So obviously stuff like that were, you know, that's not paying my rent. But um, on the other hand, uh, some of the remixes of um, this is something that I didn't do on purpose. It's kind of like I, I let life tell me what's up. You know, I yeah. just go with the flow, even so it sounds a little cliche, but I do what I do and I do it because I love it. And eventually, the, just to give you an example, I would have loved to live off just doing uh, Cannibal Corpse remixes or D-side remixes or like this was my stuff. Morbid Angel, this is my stuff. Yeah. But on the other hand, I had bands like Sonic Syndicate calling me for remixes, Bullet for My Valentine. So these are not the bands that I would usually listen to, but these are the people who are open-minded enough to have a dance music DJ remix them. And they were like, well, there's nobody better than this guy because he's been doing the whole metal and drum and bass thing for 15 years. So, yeah. I mean, what am I going to say to that? No, this isn't like old school death metal. Then I am doing the exact same thing that these people are doing to me. So I figured I'm just going to go with the flow. So eventually the sound did, it drifted a little bit more into the, the, I mean, at the end of the day, it's dance music. It has to have a dance yeah. factor to it. So you cannot twerk to behemoth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, you could try. You, you, <laughs> yeah, you could try. It's probably going to make, uh, you know, it's probably going to be a uh, uh, meme material. Yes. But... <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, and you know in the real world it's probably nothing that would get me any any shows or anything like that even so if behemoth would ever come to me and ask me for a remix i would probably still be happy to do that i know they like experimenting so it's not an impossible idea yeah but it would probably not be um, you know when i come to when it comes to my approach to remixes it depends on the original band so if I have a band like Bullet for My Valentine, which has like more catchy riffs, yeah. then I'm able to do something that is more dance floor friendly. But if I had a band like Behemoth, which is more experimental and violent, then obviously the remix is not going to be, it's also not going to be dance floor friendly. Mm -hmm. So the remixing thing uh, and the whole combining electronic with metal, it's still something that adapts to the original sound and respects the original sound in a way. Um, but, uh, I mean, if you ask me about, you know, what, what is more successful in, ter in terms of numbers, I don't think we should only measure success in terms of YouTube plays. But sadly, you know, if you're making this your job, then I have my own set of songs that I've done that are not very popular in YouTube or Spotify, but I still did them and I'm happy I did them because 
I enjoy it. Yeah. And then there's the songs that have a lot of plays like Takeover. Like I knew that thing was going to be a hit uh, since I did it. And mm. it was meant to be that. And, and that's what it became. So you still need, if you're making a business out of music, sadly, or whatever way you want to put it, you still need that. So obviously yeah. the black metal part is uh, when you ask me like, you know, where do you stand in the middle of black metal and dance music? It's, it's eventually more dance music than it is black metal but mm. by any means. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. No, like I said, I was, I was kind of in the same um, um, sort of situ as you. I've, when I was, well, when I was younger, <laughs> I was in a band yeah. for a good 10 years. I was actually the DJ in the band in a sort of new metal uh, band. Um, all right but yeah no we did um no just sort of like being the dj in a band was uh uh there's a lot of hate even in that genre when new metal was kind of uh it kind of needed the dj to become yeah, absolutely. <laughs> i know. was about to say new metal is a great combination with dance music like, yeah i'm not guilty to admit it you know no no so. but i was it was it was just one of those things it was like uh you know, I was I was sort of on the stage, and generally most people go like, "Oh, that's pretty cool," because you're scratching away and making all these sounds. And um, yeah, no, I was just like, uh, but the, the the sort of like the general sort of like dis disdain for the DJ in that in that yeah, you know, I could just about. I mean, the black metal genre obviously it's a, it's a little more uh, aggressive than the new metal side of things. Yeah, but I yeah, it's uh, no, I was just sort of like just thinking back back when i was in this band and uh yeah it was uh there was a lot of um yeah a lot of disdain for it and it was uh like doing interviews with with magazines and stuff and them kind of taking the piss out of you for being this dj yeah. or, or whatever and i'm just like well you have no idea exactly what i do you have you know yeah. if i wasn't there you wouldn't have this like certain elements of the music and it, it just sort of and eventually, you know, people sort of came around to it and, and stuff like that. But yeah, no, that just coming from the sort of the lighter side of the, the metal genre. Um, yeah, there was enough hate on there, but I can't imagine like the, the black metal side of it. So. Yeah, I know it, it was it was terrible. But, you know, I mean, I guess um, the one thing that I think it's cool, but at the same time, I'm not sure if I like it is like some some people like right now there seems to be like a niche for the metal and uh, electronic music uh, hybrids. I mean, yeah. it's, this is actually something that has been there forever. Like pe people just seem to forget about ministry or something, yeah. or even if you think, you know, of course this wasn't like a DJ, DJ kind of thing, but even if you go as far back as Pink Floyd, we're talking about people who were, they were still mixing electronic sounds, even though if it was just synthesizers, you, you can take that back as, as far as you want yeah. to the 1913s. And uh, what was the name? Uh, Luigi, Luigi Russolo, I think, was the, um, one of the first um, classical composers that experimented with electroacoustic mm -hmm. instruments. And he was effectively integrating noises into the music. And this was, this goes as far back as 1913 yeah. so you you know i i think just people seem to forget a lot of history but whatever yeah. uh, at the end of the day the truth is i do what i do because i like it and i don't really you know if there's hate i guess it's entertaining it's <laughs> a, something to consider but it's not like it doesn't define me it's not nice. like oh my god 
Yeah, it's like, oh my God, these people hate me because I did a Bathory remix. I don't care. I did an official <laughs> Gorgoroth remix and they love it. That's all I need. Like, if like, you can get me the whole underground black metal scene telling me, oh, they hate the fact that there's a DJ doing a Gorgoroth remix. If fucking Gorgoroth likes a remix that I did, like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> It's a. It's, I don't. I don't mind. I do what I do because I like it, and some people like it, some people don't. You know, yeah. the people who like it uh, are. There, thankfully, there are enough people, so I can get enough money to pay my dues. And those who don't like it, well, they. I don't depend. My salary doesn't depend on them. So yeah. whatever. So when it comes to your live sets and stuff, do you? Because do I've never actually been able to see you. Um, you have, I think, played nearby, but I've never been able to sort of get out. And you're playing again in a couple of weeks, actually. Uh, in yeah. Bradford. Now I'm back in England. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. But no, I was like, in your live sets, do you bring in the, that that sort of metal element and things? Is it, is it, or is it just sort of the more sort of big room, sort of heavy drum and bass? No, it's more like imagine a heavy drum and bass set, but of course, like I said, the the metal element always has to be there. So yeah. there's there's a bit of you have a like. 60% uh, straight heavy drum and bass like stuff like audio and uh the older freak recording stuff which I really really like uh, line wax and uh, and then there's stuff like uh the panacea and the hardway which uh well the hardway is no more but there was this really interesting project that uh guys from prospect put together uh, thrasher bongra and the uh, line wax and uh this is the sound that I found um you know, it works for the dance floor and it also works for my signature sound. Yeah. But, um, you know, as, as I was mentioning, I am planning at some point, it's not done yet, but I'm planning at some point to bring some sort of live element. Maybe me DJing some of the tracks and then having a guitarist and a vocalist, something something to make it interesting, to take it to the next level, because yeah. that, that's a market that I want to tap into. Because I realize some of my music, a lot of people, there's a lot of people who like my music that they're not really into raves or any sort of dance music events. Like, I mean, to be fair, this event that I'm going to play in Bradford, which is actually, I got another story about that. It's actually going to be the first time that I play in the United Kingdom. Okay. And and I'll... I'll get into that in a minute of why it's the first time, even though it should have been the third time. But anyways... (laughs) Mm. Uh, this is not a dance music event by any means. It's an industrial event. Like yeah. there's going to be, they got like, I don't know, Nitzer Ebb. Holy shit. I just saw them live at the Amphi festival. As, as amazing as anybody who is into that kind of sound would expect it to be great show, great music. And of course they have live synthesizers and sequencers. Like, um, I am still a DJ set. I'm not really ashamed of it, but uh, that is just the format that makes it the easiest yeah. for me because um it, it, i am still the purpose of the set is still to make people dance bang their heads whatever it's to move people and the uh, best way to bring the sound the exact sound that i have in the studio to a live audience is through a dj set yeah. that's something that i maybe have to come to terms with there's something that i sometimes don't like about live shows uh you know seeing a lot of bands live that i like myself and i uh, i guess i am too much of a perfectionist like there are some bands that i see uh, that are that just completely wow me and uh, they do great job but but i am like i guess i am too um uh, close-minded in the fact that 
I want to hear the record. You know what I mean? And then it's like, yeah. well, why did he do a different solo? Well, it's like, but, but of course, then I have to tell myself it's a fucking live show. Of course, it's <laughs> going to be different. So I'm starting to come to terms with that. And I realize, you know, the, the live aspect of it, of course, still adds something uh, very special to it. I even tried a, a set with a, with a vocalist from MS and it was a, it was a major success. Uh, everybody went crazy. I realized, shit, like I, I should at least have a guy singing on top of my set. At least that. So yeah. Why not then just add a guitar and stuff like that? So it, it's coming eventually. Cool. But um, but yeah, uh, this show, it should be, as I said, it should have been my second or third show in the UK, but it's actually my debut show. Uh, I think this is something that's going to be really interesting for the interview. Um I had nothing but problems trying to get into the UK, and I have no idea why. Oh. Um, yeah, the, the, I have no idea what the policies are, uh, which government I am supposed to blame. Uh, you know, <laughs> oddly enough, uh, all the times in the past I was never let in. This time I am, and I know people. Some people don't really like the current government, but I'm not. I don't want to get too much into that because it's not. It's not. I am still not a citizen of of uh, the UK or a resident of the UK, so I cannot formulate an opinion. Yeah unless I, I live there and I know um, what is good and what is bad. And if the EU is actually this uh, beautiful thing that I think it is, or if there's actually some flaws, or if this prime minister is better than the previous one or whatever, it's mm-hmm. a big mess. But um, uh, the first time I was supposed to go to the UK, the first time I was actually just transiting, it was a flight from Slovakia to Lisbon. But I bought it as part of a whole flight leg. Uh, I spent uh, almost 2,000 euros with flights because uh, it was the cheaper way just to get all the flights uh, all in one. Yeah. And the only, of course, the only problem with that is like if you miss one flight, then you, you cannot get in the rest of a leg. But I did not expect this to happen. And uh, when I'm in Slovakia, you know, they see my passport and they're like, uh, where's your UK visa? I'm like, um, I don't need a UK visa for transit. No, no, you do. And then I show them the website, uh, www.gov.uk. Yeah. It has the like the, the logo of the crown, the keep calm thing. Uh, and uh, you you could, they had like this questionnaire, but you would just put in all your information, like citizenship, residence, blah, blah, blah. What are you doing in the UK? Uh, transit. Are you staying in the UK for more than 24 hours? No. Are you going through border control? Yes. You do not need a visa to enter the United Kingdom for transit oh. uh, for less than 24 hours. Okay, <laughs> cool. They let me in the plane and I get to the UK and they put me in this really, really long queue, which is where, you know, there's there's this green queue where all the people who, who have like EU passports yeah. and whatnot can go through and Americans and whatnot. And then there is the people they put in the C list, so to say, <laughs> uh, Venezuela, Colombia. And because, because in, in the first world, we're just, we're just cocaine dealers. There's, <laughs> there's absolutely no more depth to our culture. <laughs> just, just that or, or just jungle and bananas. <laughs> so what, do you, well, what am I going to do? It is what it is. Uh, well, anyways, this lady stops me and she says, well, you need a visa. I'm like, uh, no, I don't. Said, Are you trying to tell me that you don't need a visa? I am the border control person. I know what you need and what you don't need. I'm like, uh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to offend anybody. It's just like this. There's this website right here. And I show her the website and I do the whole questionnaire in her face. 
And uh, she's like, well, that's not the information we got here. You need a visa. You cannot get through. End of. And they put me in a room uh, with a guy that was ran- that was wanted for ransom. Oh. <laughs> and they kept Wonderful. me there for 10 hours. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. They gave me a lot of bourbon cookies and tea. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'll never forget that. <laughs> and they they did say like you know they had um um they had the um, the duty of basically giving me whatever I wanted from this menu that they had so I, I had some pasta whatever you know Stockholm syndrome yeah you know my, my my kidnappers were nice to me so whatever um I ended up having like a really nice chat with them and uh, we laughed and then when I got back home I realized what the fuck it just happened. Um, they sent me back to Slovakia. They didn't get, let me go through to Portugal. I lost the money from the flights. There was no way to sue them, no way to get anything. And that was the first time that I had my, uh, that was my first altercation with the UK. The second time was actually for a show that was supposed to happen in 2016, the resistance festival. Oh yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, same thing. They said that I was going to get a visa within two weeks. And that didn't happen. The decision-making center, uh, I cannot believe you have an institution called the decision-making center. <laughs> it's a center that reminded me of uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, it was, was, it was so, it was a... <laughs> oh my God, oh my God. So anyways, you know, uh, the decision-making center kept my passport for longer than I expected. And um, I came back, um, f- first of all, uh, the, the passport came back well after the date of the festival. And also well after another uh, weekend that I had in Europe, because uh, we had a couple of promoters from Slovakia and Poland who wanted to take advantage of the fact that I was going to be uh, in this side of the lake. Yeah. And um, and uh, yeah, well, I, I lost three gigs because of that. Wow. And uh, my passport came back with a denied visa because the decision making center was not convinced that this was a UK registered organization inviting me. So it was actually... I'm not sure if it was because of them or because of the resistance festival or because of the paperwork. I had no idea what they needed, but yeah. uh, yeah. And now it's the third time. And, you know, we have a saying in Venezuela that goes a la tercera o la vencida, which means the third time is the something like the third time is the, the one that, that is supposed to work or something like that. So, yeah, you know, according to that Venezuelan saying, this is the third time. And I got my entry permit. It's not even, they don't even call it a visa. It's an entry permit, but uh, it's happening. Yes, I am coming to Infest Festival UK on the 24th of August to Bradford. There's going to be no hassle, hopefully. (laughs) That's going to be good. So I've got a bunch of friends going to that and they are excited to see you. So um, they, they, because I DJ a rock club as well and um, often play uh take over and things like that and I, i've had people asking who this is so i've been passing that on and that's um, amazing thank you and uh yeah no um yeah i've got a bunch of people basically going to that show i really want to go but i'm actually on a family holiday so um, oh f- well, got, fair enough man family yeah. family is first I, I respect that yeah no that's that's the i was i was i was you know i can't argue with that so <laughs> it's like yeah um, I hear you. But no, I do want to catch you next time, either in the UK or if I'm over in Europe or, or whatever. Are you actually a resident in Germany now? Is that your like, base yeah. of operations? Um, and... I am at the moment based in Germany, even though the plan is to move at some point to Italy. Um, there's something okay. I realized uh, living in Germany, which is uh, I had a lot of 
great things from from Germany that I cannot complain. Great, great things. This is an amazing country where I met amazing people, really, really hardworking people that you can count on. When yeah. people say something, they do it, um, which is not a luxury that you find uh, in a lot of places like um, – in America, for example, people are used to saying yes to everything and then they don't do it. Yes. <laughs> so doing, yeah, doing business the American way has been a little difficult for me. Uh, um, I spent some time there. It was, you know, it was cool, but, but I always had this issue. Like, why is this guy saying yes if he's just not doing it? I mean, I have no problem if you say no to me, son. Just don't waste my fucking time. It's that easy. But yeah, and then they'll come with like an apology email after you email them three times. Like we're we're terribly sorry that we're not be able. We're being extremely busy, but we would love to see you next time. We will email you back when we're able to do it, and then nothing happens. Yeah, <laughs> there's yeah. just no way. The, the but, term I always like was that as it turns out, it's like it's not like no, we can't or this. It's like as it turns out, actually, this isn't going to be possible. <laughs> it's just like yeah, really? yeah. <laughs> Exactly. They they take it to like uh, they they seem to blame this. Uh, they're like blaming this um, sort of ab- abstract entity. It's not like oh we're not gonna do it or it's not is there, it's not gonna be possible. Like yeah. regardless of the reason being you don't want to do it. It's not gonna be possible. But you know <laughs> different different cultural codes I guess. Yeah. But the the one thing that I realized in Germany that um, kind of uh, affected me somehow. Um, and this is these are just personal things that I discovered uh, from experience. Like I I had no idea. Um, I was born and raised in Venezuela. You know the 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 noise floor <laughs> outside is much higher. People are used to yelling to each other, even saying friendly things. Like you find a friend who is like at the other side of the street, and you'll yell his name and tell him to come over, and you have a bunch of beers and. Venezuelan conversations consist of everybody talking and nobody listens to anybody. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I don't know, realize like um, uh, at some point, you know, I mean, I lived three years in the States, two years here in Germany, and I realized like shit, like I, I really miss this kind of stuff. So, I mean, I now have the luxury of being able to to choose a different country within the EU. So, So Italy seems to be a beautiful choice. Uh, Italy is actually the most Venezuelan country in the whole of e- in the whole of EU, even more than Spain. The the Italians have this thing like where the, they're they are always always joking, even about like the darkest things you can imagine. There's no political correctness at all, and that that's perfect because it 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 fits that whole, this whole story I told you about uh, being born and raised in Venezuela, how people just will just say things to your face and then, and, and there's no, there's no filter. So I, I found that somehow there and, uh, and yeah, so that's, that's the plan so far. Cool. But, but in any case, I will be based in the EU for, for the time being. So if you have any plans, you're more, I mean, you can let me know. I mean, Rome is still like two hour flight from Cologne, maybe three hour flight from the UK. So it's yeah. not, no no i mean i enjoy traveling so it's it's one of those things where i i do like to you know occasionally if i can go somewhere other than you know the uk obviously you know like i said I, I lived in the states for a bit i've lived in the uk for the majority of my life but doing that jump and sort of like taking the family with me was huge so and it kind of yeah didn't didn't distinguish the uh, or didn't extinguish the bug for traveling so yeah, but the UK is a beautiful place, mind you. Like, I would have loved to actually been able to 
to enter it before and hopefully it can go later as a tourist even because like holy shit like i feel i'm missing out every single picture i see from every single corner of it is just mind-blowing yeah like england scotland wales ireland everything is like holy shit it's it's really i mean i guess that's what you get when you have a country that was like literally almost untouched by the war so yes. <laughs> <laughs> over here you know a lot of people had to start again and you know some places look wonderful like amsterdam or rotterdam but there's other places which are like meh, not really much to see but the uk like every time i mean i've been always fascinated since i was a child mm. um by um i guess you can call it medieval architecture yeah. is that uh, something you can say yeah I think um it's, it's like gothic architecture i think they generally label it as um, yeah yeah I, like I just start. i just know like gothic is like a specific part of it but yeah but you know everything in general when i see like castles and old rocks and uh, and shores with uh with another castle on top and stuff like i don't know man it's fascinating to me because yeah. these were things that we would usually see only in history books and now seeing it so i feel every time i am in europe anywhere like uh, germany czech republic uh, Mo moscow jesus christ like i feel like i am in disneyland so I'm, <laughs> I'm a huge fan of all that stuff yeah no same here i love um prague is actually one of my favorite places um in the czech republic uh oh yeah uh, like it's beautiful uh and it's just like just architecturally i'm just like astounded i've got like photos and just memories um like it made me appreciate it a little bit more living in and because i was only i was in florida so um there isn't much history <laughs> yeah i hear you so, it, it does have its, its charm though like oh, I remember, no, it does florida i would guess was like the most also i would say the most uh, uh venezuelan place you can find in the states because i think it's like at least in miami in this area fort lauderdale and all that stuff um uh, i think the vast majority of the people who live there if i am not mistaken they speak spanish yes they do so so uh, you know even the the english-speaking people they they seem to be more like us like you know they'll they'll stop somewhere with you and then they have a beer and they'll they'll, they'll take out a beer and drink it with you even though they don't know you uh, it's it seemed pretty friendly in that regard oh no it is very friendly and it, there is a big like um spanish and portuguese uh community i was based in tampa so you've got like uh the cuban quarter and stuff like that there and yeah home of the cuban sandwich apparently um, <laughs> absolutely did, did you go to uh saint pete saint petersburg in, in uh, uh, yeah Florida? that's where i was um uh i was based there for the first year we were there i was we were actually living in saint pete um okay and then we moved up into uh tampa into uh, hillsborough county which was like okay. sort of that area there but yeah no saint pete i went to um basically i went to loads of like shows there uh they had bunch of bands playing in the sort of like the various venues they had there like deftones and arctic monkeys and stuff like that oh my god that's wonderful but you've got ebor city as well where you've got uh the castle and stuff like that which is where all the sort of um the sort of uh the goth new wave um and like ebm type club and stuff was there yeah um but yeah no a lot of saint pete was amazing uh because my, my that's where my wife actually worked as well so she went there every day um so she was right on the 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 sort of like the the waterfront if you will there was an office block uh yeah. there where it kind of overlooked the water and everything and it was uh like a mini monaco i think they called it yeah it yeah yeah yeah. that is, is true i really i really enjoyed it i think it was one of my favorite places there i thought 
you know, if I was to stay in the States, I thought I would probably, if I was to choose a place, I would probably choose Florida, somewhere in Florida, like probably not Northern Florida though, because it's, it's a very different place. It is a very but, different uh, place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it, it, I think Northern Florida, like I think Alabama should absorb that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, everything, everything that they offered me was also great. Like I said, like I have no really, I have no negative memories. Uh, just, just a thing of preference and certain like cultural customs that you're used to. Mm-hmm. Uh but um, not even Germany. Like, it's not like I can say I don't have like this huge list of negative things. Like, if anything, I have nothing. But um, I can I can be nothing but thankful for all the lessons that I learned here, all the great things that I that I got for myself that I can now apply in even in other countries. And, and now I have the upper hand. Like the Germans have this really special way of uh, dealing with people, which is very is very direct but very respectful. Yeah. So. This even works for me in a place like Italy where people are just used to just yelling at each other. So I sometimes there, like I, I do things the German way and I smile and I calm down and I keep my cool. And then I realize like people lower their guards yeah. and uh, sorry, people lower their guard and, um, and it works. Like I usually get a lot of things done and people look at me like, how do you do that? I'm like, just, you know, just don't pick your battles. Yeah. <laughs> it's that easy. Yeah. So, that's something I learned here. Cool, excellent. Yeah. That's really cool. Like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and catch you if you obviously if you come to the UK, and uh, I'm not on a family holiday. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair yeah, enough. Um, no worries, man. Yeah, no, because I, I only uh, purely on the basis that my my the the radio show that I run and the sort of like the music that I play when I'm DJing is it's your music, it's the industrial music, it's the heavy dance music um, mixed with various sort of like new metal floor filler you know usual stuff you sort of might hear in a club that's popular um all right but no because i because it's a rock club and i've got another dj with me as well jez who's very much into um the industrial side of things as well so we generally have a good time with that but um that sounds great that sounds great anytime man i keep and if you know what if you ever think like um i mean i know this kind of stuff can be difficult because it takes a lot of time and organization but like man if you ever have uh, a budget for some sort of uh, special party if you want to book me over there like uh, i mean my agent is in the uk so you can okay. just speak to him and uh, you you will you will understand each other in uh, in the same customs okay so <laughs> yeah shouldn't be a problem yeah, no, I'll, I'll really see. really nice people friendly people excellent so. no I'll, I'll definitely do that because i've um we we are sort of planning because we do it every month you see so we do plan like ahead of of what we need to do or what we want to do like theme nights and all that kind of stuff um but yeah no that would be cool getting you getting you in i'll um i'll, I'll is, your, is the contact on your website or is it on yeah your Facebook? it should be but in case it's not um usually when you send a message to my facebook page you get an you get an automatic reply yes because um yeah, these days, I mean, I don't know. I still check every now and then, but, man, I can't be bothered. Like, social media is just eating my time, and, I, and I'm yeah. like, I got so much stuff to do. So I just uh, – that's why I rely on that stuff. I know sometimes it's not very nice. But if people Sorry. actually follow the, um, the message, what it says, like, you pretty much – you have my – even my personal email is there, and then the email of the agency, like, for shows, stick okay. to these people. And if you need anything else, just talk to me, and then – 
And then, well, as this interview happened, if I'm not mistaken, you did that, and then you emailed I me. Did. So I did. I I, yeah. I I I had your email address as well, so I don't know why I went through Facebook, but <laughs> I was just like, mm-hmm. it's all good. Here we are. I'm, yeah. I'm glad we made it happen. No, it's good. I've been actually wanting to get you on for a while since you actually released your album last year. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, before that as well, to be honest with you. Um, because yeah. uh, I've I've spoken to like Cell Dweller, Blue Starly. I've done. I've gone through the majority of the fixed. Um, roster as well oh yeah um, and you've always we owe of, those guys a lot yeah you've you've kind of come up in conversation and um obviously i was aware of you just like through doing remixes of, of of metal tracks and then finding that you actually do your own tracks as well which you sent me um and then uh through my various like press send outs that i get i got your album like last year and, all right um i can't remember who it was through because it's entertainment one isn't it the distribution uh, mm-hmm. and i can't remember who the uk press agent was mm, probably cygnus probably i i can't I'd, I'd have to look it up in my emails but um yeah i got sent that and obviously that's when i had like take over and all that kind of stuff but no i've been wanting to get you on the show for a while because because uh, mm. we because we share the same sort of uh the the same sort of like passions for the various like music genres and the crossing over of said music genres um mm and it's it's like it's what i based my radio show on you know and that's how i found out like found you i found out about um heavy grinder um yeah who also like just through remixes and stuff i heard them first in a on a radio show in the states um there was this uh mix show that that's kind of like my show but they kind of did more sort of hip-hop type remixes of rock tracks it was on like Mm -hmm. whatever clear channel rock show um or rock station there was out there yeah those guys are great great people great they make um the engineering is on point as well yeah no i really enjoy like the remixes they produce along with their actually their original stuff as well um i've played like various tracks on the show and a big like like a big one for like my club and stuff was the deftones remix they did of um tempest i think it was and Mm -hmm. uh, yeah no they're just like just just like going through and like following the the um the thread if you will and finding in, obviously we got the chemists over here but through them i felt like before them it was collisions uh seething akira who are all these like bands that have this crossover sound um yeah. and going back as well like bands like pitch shifter and, and and like you mentioned earlier uh, ministry um and like nine inch nails stuff like that the kind of like yeah exactly it's like it seems to be like it's a sound that wanted to happen for such a long time and it's like i still don't understand how so many people can be so um rejecting of it or reluctant to it because it's like it's it's nothing i'm sure like there's new ways to do it just just the same way as metal has evolved yeah but but it's been there like it's almost like something meant to happen even to me it even makes more sense than Hip hop and metal, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Like uh, I'm, I'm, um, I'm, I enjoy some hip hop stuff, namely mostly Spanish and Latin American artists. Like um, I listen to some really, really good ones, but um, I can see how it worked and I can see why. But to me, the heavy electronic music and metal—I don't know. I think the the, um, the synergy between those two is, seems to 
make more sense in my opinion yeah no definitely definitely i mean they had the kind of like they were obviously the industrial movement that kind of happened which it kind of got put under with the likes of nine inch nails ministry things like that um uh, vmv nation and 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 all those other guys as well the kind of more electronic sort of dark wave um mm. sound but yeah no the sort of like big room sort of um mixing of that like i say with with, with groups like i mean pitch shifter i adored from like they started off as a heavy industrial band on earache the label earache yeah. and they they went on to sign to like a major label and and have a bit more of a sort of a like electronic sort of punk sound uh, which then the sort of prodigy kind of had as well um yep. at that same time and obviously the prodigy made it made it work for them because they they blew up completely um they were big before but they got bigger when they did that crossover um but occasionally you get bands come through like pendulum stuff like that that kind of yeah. do mix the two elements together and um, and it works and it works i miss that so much man like um i have to admit like i think that's something that i really liked about the 90s like there was a lot of really successful music that had that was really edgy mm. you know like um i think even some of the pop bands uh like if you want to talk about i don't know um the Backstreet Boys, for example. Yeah. Hey, those guys were singing. You know what I mean? Yeah. At least those guys were singing. They were dancing their asses off. They were doing something interesting. Like, it wasn't my thing, but it was like, if you compare that to what's going on now, like, commercial music had just, has just taken, like, this toll on the quality. It's, it's, it's retarded. I don't understand. Like, um, why does it have to sound like that? Why does everything have to be <laughs> so dumb? That's the word. Yeah. It's really dumb. I, I don't. I don't get it. Uh, I, I don't like Jesus Christ. If you think back to Michael Jackson, who's like one of the most successful artists of all time, uh, holy shit! Like his lyrics, man. His lyrics were like really, really deep. They, they, they were onto something. The show was unbelievable. He was probably the world's greatest dancer yeah. by, by, by you know, by my knowledge. So, so why? Why did everything become so dumped down? It's something that I will never understand. I think, I think it's just one of those. It's it's like with any business, if they can find it to do it like cheaper and have the a similar effects, they're going to do it. And I think with with like the music industry, the way it's kind of evolved, because it's always had that kind of like trashy pop element to it that has mm -hmm. that, that does do reasonably well. I mean, the UK they had their fair share. Uh, they called it the eighties. And, um, yeah, <laughs> which is now huge. You know, everyone loves those bands from back then. But um, you know, I, I, I've I've spoken to various artists from from various sort of like genres of music. I mean, last week I spoke to Tiffany, who yeah. did the track. I think we're alone now. Back in like the late nineties, early mm -hmm. like late sorry no early nineties. Uh, that that does ring a bell. Um, I mean, she was huge. She was massive. It was like a you know big one hit. Um, she had other songs as well. Um, but it was a different era. That was kind of like you had this person who they could send out to shopping malls, who could send out and, and be kind of like a teen idol, um, but she could sing. She had a voice. It wasn't like an auto-tuned and then someone in a costume kind of, you know, dancing around. Um, but now yeah. you've, got, you've got the element, you've got things like, um, well, the technology to make sort of anything that you want to make and then market um yeah 
you know, regardless of what like effects are used or if you want to blame auto tune or whatever or anything like that, that the process basically has become easier. Um, is less people involved, so that means more money at the end of it. Um, yeah. And I think if they can just like if they can knock out something, market it on YouTube, it gets a million views, and then obviously they track back advert advertising revenue, and you know, and it pays for itself and more, and then onto the next one. Um, it's, yeah. like, it's like get that, is, that is actually a very reasonable uh, reasoning. <laughs> you know yeah i mean just just watching the, and like listening to sort of the various artists i've spoken to and actually experiencing it myself like being in the music industry it is one of those things where like we like in my band for instance we released our album just before the sort of the the digital switch if you will yeah so initially the cd sold pretty well um and then it was sort of you've got to get your stuff on itunes you've got to get your stuff on 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 the various the formats that were back then any not many of them um but then we found out that a lot of like um the torrent sites had it so people were downloading our music for nothing and yeah and that you had to like really rethink what you were doing because it was like you were not going to make money from the music itself you have to you have to evolve you have to move you have to find out how to survive without that income um and it turned yep. out you know live shows merchandise stuff like that will 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 cover you um to a certain degree if you if you're playing good shows um and as long as you are playing good shows you'll be fine if you're playing any show for nothing for exposure then you're not going to get you know anything because <laughs> exposure money yeah. doesn't buy doesn't pay your rent so <laughs> um but no just being on that cusp it was that kind of reinvention and a lot of artists that that um have actually benefited from it um they've 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 figured it out before the record industry did certainly before my band did um and it, it it's sort of it's it's kind of good to see there's there's sort of there isn't that big um you know big talent anymore that you kind of like you say like a michael jackson or you know anything like that you've got a lot of a lot of like a level playing field of releases so as long as it's down to the publicity that you get and it's how you get that i guess how you get that publicity um because you could make a killer album and i've listened to a few but if no one hears it then you know you've you've got you've got to turn those ears on if you will yeah that's true that's true i think um it's funny you mentioned this aspect of the everything becoming cheaper and whatnot i guess sadly you know because this comes from uh, someone who i'm somewhere in between the left and the right when it comes to the you know the political spectrum and uh on the up and down too because people forget there's also that side of things like if you get too much left and up you might as well not be left-wing at all and then but if you go left and down then probably in a better place (laughs) but um you know there's um uh, capitalism, whether we like it or not, has helped uh, for for millennia. I think, uh, well, not for millennia, but for many centuries, to to create great music. Like, if you think about it, a lot of these great composers, like talking about like going back to classical music here, like imagine all the amount of money and work and effort that it took just to put together the instruments, just the instruments. Now you have a plugin, you have a VST. And you can have a keyboard for as cheap as twenty 
pounds. Yeah. So you connect that to a computer, which everybody has at home, if you don't take that into account. But let's say you have a, you don't even need that. Let's say you put a thousand pounds in a computer. We have a really good computer. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. And there's freeware, there, there's all this stuff. Before, just the amount of time and work that went just into putting one instrument together, and then that instrument was part of a whole set of other instruments, which was a standard, this orchestra that had, I don't know, I don't know what, what which is like the minimum number uh, for an orchestra to be called a chamber orchestra or a symphonic orchestra. I've, uh, I probably need to ask my cousin. I have a cousin that plays the bassoon. Okay. And really, really, really well, actually. He plays with the Zurich Orchestra. It's really funny because he's a metalhead at heart as well. So when we meet, like, we just <laughs> go party and do all this stuff. But but I still go to his concerts, and he's, like, amazing at it. Nice. And it made me realize, like, all this money that goes behind just putting together the instruments. Like, this is these instruments are sometimes, uh, even these days, Jesus Christ, like, some really, a really good quality violin can go up to... 10,000 pounds even like yeah. if you don't even want to go that far maybe let's just say okay i'm gonna get a cheap one i'm gonna get a violin that cost me only a thousand pounds it's just only a thousand pounds <laughs> for one instrument so you put all this stuff together then you get the composer back in those days like some of these composers were making music for kings mm. or monarchs people who had a lot of money like i want you to make this piece i'm gonna give you this much money so I'm sure these people were just, you know, they were probably still more interested in the art than the money. But when you get a pretty juicy offer like that, like who's going to say, like, hey, we're paying you. I don't know how many pieces of gold that may equal, I don't know, a million these days. So take as much time as you need and, as, and put as much work into it. It's like, OK, I have to please the king. He's giving me this much money. So if I don't do this, he won't give me money or he'll chop my fucking head off. So, you know, you had this situation where whether we like it or not, uh, the capital has always been a a motivating factor in the progress of society, even in terms of art. So I guess, as you said, like if everything becomes so cheap that it loses value, then people say, why am I supposed to put so much work into making a song? If all I have to do is mumble some shit and put a beat behind it and it'll make millions. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like you said it. It's, um, no, it's, it's I mean, it'll, I th- it, it'll turn around. It always does. I mean, if you look at like, um, like genres of music, they, they always come back around again. Um, I hope so. So it, it's, it's one of those things I think will come back. I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of scope for, um, that kind of like more organic sound. Yeah. Um, not just like rock bands but you know from the pop aspect as well there is there is an element of what people you know people will want that that quality in their music because it'll get to a point where you do kind of you'll start hearing how cheap it is um because yeah. it, they will try getting it less and less and less and less um and then like that's why people you know wouldn't pay for it i guess it's it's you know you can i mean now stream it which is good you know you pay a monthly fee and and you can stream whatever music you want um yeah i mean i do that i have a family package for it so my 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 wife and kids just yeah same know. same here yeah um, whether for better or worse i think it's better than people downloading things on napster or torrents yeah so. no definitely <laughs> definitely um yep. what was i gonna say uh yeah i'm just gonna take it back to a bit a point you said earlier with um on, on in your sets um i noted it down but you mentioned the um the guy panacea 
And yeah. and I was just gonna say I haven't heard that name in about fifteen years. I've got I've got I mean, he's I've still, got vinyl. He's still around. I've got vinyl. He, he's still around. Um, yeah. I can't remember what tracks I've got, but I've got twelve inches somewhere in my box just below my feet. Um of his. I used yeah. to play a lot of like uh um happy hardcore DHR um Alec Empire, Terry Teenage Riot, like noise um in my sets and a lot of gabba. Um like techno head and 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 uh just like what became um bounce or whatever it was called i think um but yeah no i just when you said that name i just like oh my god is and he's still going yeah yeah i mean i know he's um well he did a lot of industrial stuff back in the day um then jumped on the more drum and bass hardcore stuff i think he did a techno ep recently uh But I'm not I'm not sure about the details. Like um it's really sad actually now that you mentioned the panacea because that's a guy that I had not I had nothing but respect for, but um uh the day we met wasn't very good. Okay. Like I was expecting some sort of connection happening or at least some sort of mutual respect, but it didn't happen. I don't know why. I'm not sure if it was something either you know, people say he's a very particular kind of person. Mm. Uh or maybe it was something I did. Like, you know, I mean it's been six years. I I used to be a, everybody evolves. I used to be a very different person. So who knows? Like, I mean, sometimes uh, some things from my past come back to bite me in the ass and I'm like, Yeah, I don't remember why I even said that at that time. Like sometimes I'll see things that I post the, the long time ago. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is like I, I am not this person. So so you know, I mean I don't really think so because I don't remember anything that like, there wasn't a lot of word exchange uh, between us, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, um, I do remember that um, he is absolutely a guy that is infamous for his ego. And uh, so was I, to be fair. Um, so as I said, this is something that I just started to really, really look at uh, the, maybe the last couple of years. I had a lot of really deep, uh, life lessons if you'll call it mm. uh so mm, that's why sometimes i don't know and now, now i'm i used to just point the finger at everybody and just blame everybody for whatever happened and now i'm more like now these are the kind of the kind of answers you get from me like maybe i did something i have no idea well we'll mm. see but but it's kind of it's still a shame because to me you know i mean especially because of the fact that he lives in berlin and i'm here i i mean I remember when I met Raiden, you probably, I'm not sure if you remember Raiden, who was a drum and bass producer and DJ back in the day. Yeah. Really, really cool guy. Yeah. Um, he's friends with him. And he mentioned when he came to play in Venezuela, I was like, dude, you should totally meet this guy. You guys are like two, like you're almost like brothers from another mother. You, you need to meet this guy. And I was really excited because I really love his music. So, you know, I would have expected some sort of project to, to happen, but, but it didn't. So, yeah, I don't know. Oh, that's a yep. shame. No, yeah. So I, I, I mean, I, st- I still play his music because I still yeah. think it's badass. But, yeah, sadly, you know, he's not on my WhatsApp. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot send him emojis. No. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I was just going to say, because I, I used to play, um, uh, like, the sort of hardcore stuff. Um, yeah, just, like, not not out and about so much. It was more sort of house parties and stuff. Uh, it was just sort of a general mess around. But Panacea was one I really liked, along with... Um, uh there was a few on the sort of like uh digital hardcore label um that alec empire has uh or had oh yeah um, oh yeah you're talking my language yeah and i'm just trying to think of some of the like, one nintendo teenage robots was a weird ep i got 
which was kind yeah. of like noise but made with Game Boys. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but I, I can't remember uh, Ultraviolence, actually. He was another one. He was on Earache. Um, he's, I, I, I keep in contact with him. He's really cool. But um, yeah, some of the music he used to make as well was uh, stuff I used to play. Um, what, like Alec Empire? Uh, like Alec Empire, but um, Ultraviolence was... Um, he did uh, track... His, I think the big one was like Hardcore Motherfucker uh, was All the right. name of the track. Um, but he was on the uh, Earache label um, back when they sort of had... Um, like when they had Pitch Shifter and things like that. Um, but they had a... Uh, he was... He was... He still... He doesn't do it anymore. He's a photographer now. But he... Um, yeah, he used to make... Uh, check him out. I'm just trying to think of the name of the albums. But it's been a while since... Uh, oh, dude, I think I know what you're talking about. Like, industrial heavy electronic metal band from Earache that is now a photographer. You're talking about the Berserker. No. Not the Berserker. No? No, no. It's, um, it's, uh, his name's John or Jonathan. Um, oh, okay. So it's a different person. Because I know Luke from the Berserker. He, he's exact same story. Yeah. He quit, the, he quit the Berserker and he's like a really... He's a photographer. That's, that's what he does. He's like really good at it. But... It's a shame because I used to love that band. Like, holy shit. When I, when I heard them for the first time, it was really shocking. It's really funny because it's something you see these days and it doesn't seem to mean much. But when I saw that video that was supposedly censored on MTV because it was too violent, I was like, holy shit. Like, that, that's me. It was really, really, really intense. Anyway, sorry. Sorry. No, keep no, going. it's all right. It's all right. It's all good. <laughs> but yeah, that's really good. Like, uh, and, and yeah, just that sort of back in the day. <laughs> that was what I was doing but I was, I was going to actually go on to because I got into like drum and bass as well because I know you mentioned it earlier that kind of like 90s UK drum and bass I got very much into um, uh, Goldie and like his Metalheads label so he had like Dillinger oh yeah man everything um, that Goldie has done I'm like huge fan of yeah America did a great job too actually back in the day I, I don't know the drum and bass scene seemed to be so much bigger in America these days it seems to be coming back but yeah. but it's still I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting old and, you know, you, you just <laughs> stick to the stuff that you used to listen to when you were a teenager. But I miss, like, I don't know, Hive, Echo, Gridlock. I know Gridlock is still active, actually. I met yeah. him uh, in 2017 an Imagination Festival. Really, really cool guy. And um, he's still making sick stuff. You still, of course, have acts like Black Sun Empire who've been around for a long time. And I love the stuff they did and they love the stuff they do. But... You have like people like that who have survived and Noisia, of course, and then yeah. so many more people just went away, and I and I'm so I don't understand why. Like I I just I wish I could hear new tracks by these people bringing the same style. Conquer Dawn, for example, like oh, yeah. I really yeah. yeah that was the sound that I was into, like the really big 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 noisy Reese's, the stuff that sounded like almost like a guitar in a way because it was like completely filling the whole frequency spectrum and yeah. it had like this really aggressive drums that's that's what i liked about it that's that's why i think drum and bass and metal fits so well uh, but I, because i was referring to that specific style of drum and bass i love the percussive aspect drum and bass is becoming very minimalistic these days it's, uh, yeah, it, I, don't, I don't know <laughs> it did that back in the like 90s as well i had that kind of i had um I was trying to think. It was kind of like I came out of like got into it, sort of coming out of the jungle movement. Yeah. So yeah. it was all. It was quite like uh, there's quite a lot going on in the jungle tracks. It was sort of generally the same sort of beat, percussive, you know, sort of sound you hear, but um, a lot going on bassline wise. And then it kind of went. Um, 
you kind of got the two-step drum and bass, which is what sort of like dance floor wise was was huge, and yeah. um, it, tracks like Angels Fell, stuff like that um, by Dillinger, I really like loved, and then it became uh, a group, a guy called Fotec. Um, he did this EP called Nintenchi Ryu. Can't believe I remember that. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was like kind of like uh, very minimalistic um, uh, with just like various sort of samurai sounds, uh, like a swinging sword and stuff like that. Um, but it went like a lot, then a lot of sort of like, uh, like a lot of the metalheads output at that point kind of, sort of went went a bit more minimalistic. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, you got some sort of like commercial success with a like TV commercial used... Um, one of the drum and bass tracks and things and then it kind of like went away um that's when my sort of collection started to thin out of sort of like drum and bass artists because then yeah you cannot you cannot seem to find people who are going after that specific sound i mean i guess you have dirty phonics i guess but it's still not not quite what i mean i I respect them for the success they have, mm. and uh, and I think they've done some pretty interesting stuff. I thought Walking the Fire was cool, but but it's still it sounds very safe. That's the word. Yeah. It sounds safe. There's no edge to it. That that's what I'm missing. Like, yeah. I don't well, I don't know. Thing. Like, it, yeah. sorry. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say with the sort of like when it sort of came back for me was when um, uh, Renegade Hardware sort of came about. The label. Yeah. Um, and they like release these yeah. EPs, and I've got like five or six of them in my collection. And some yeah. of that stuff was dark. Some of that stuff was heavy. Some of that stuff had like orchestral parts to it. And that's what I was sort of like missing uh, was that kind of like like you like you said that like the edge had gone. Um, yeah. But with those EPs and the sort of like subsequently the sort of the groups that have survived that, um, like Pendulum, I think they released on it, didn't they? Um, and you've got groups like Chase and Status and things like that in the UK. Yeah. Uh, who are sort of like big arena filling or festival headlining. Yeah, and now like, they're trying to bring that old school jungle sound back. I think that's going to be really interesting. Yeah. I'm hoping, I mean, because here's the thing, they can do it. They can get, a, get they can get away with doing whatever they want and it's yeah. going to be cool, but it has to, it has to be contagious. Like other yeah. other producers have to take it back. Other like the, so if, if it doesn't happen, then it's still just gonna be oh, Chase and Status bringing back the old vibe, and yeah. that's gonna be it. And they're gonna be the only ones being able to do it. Like yeah. I think it still has to 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 how to say to stick through the scene. Yeah. Uh, so well, hopefully it happens. I mean, I'm as I said, I'm a guy that just does whatever he wants. So there's still some things that I have to consider like okay, maybe I need to do a dance or friendly track, but still when I do it, it still sounds so much like me. Like for example, when I did Takeover, mm. like I still wanted something that had that had impact, that had like some sort of even if it was a small solo, I still wanted like big arena sounding guitars and then uh, I had this friend saying, "Like, why are you still doing this metal and uh, rock and drum and bass thing? Like, it's non-existent in the UK." I'm like, "I don't fucking care." <laughs> I mean, to me, maybe I'm doing a hit that could have been bigger in the 2000s, but it still works because at the end of the day, it's still uh, it's still me. Like, yeah. I have to be comfortable with what I'm doing, even if I am doing a track that is purposely uh, done to please the dance floor somehow. I, I have to be happy with it, like. 
but as I said, yeah, the music just seems to be getting more and more minimalistic. Like there's, there's this guy that I, this thing was all over the media. Um, there's a rapper that did a song called Tiago Silva or something, mm. uh, which is, I think it's dedicated to a football player. Um, and uh, I think he was playing at Glastonbury or something. Mm. And this kid got on stage and he was able to rap the whole song and then he got a record deal. Um, I have, I don't have that much of a problem with the kid, but, uh, the music is fucking terrible, man. Yes. Like the music is <laughs> fucking terrible. The track is terrible. There's no bass. There's not even bass anymore. The, the, and I'm like, what is this lyric about? There's nothing. I, I don't know, man. Like I, I miss, um, it, it really seems like through the nineties and two thousands, all music in general, this, there seemed to be this edge to it like even with rap i remember like holy shit like if you go back to um i know i think these people are still active but like immortal technique uh like that stuff that stuff had guts man like it, it's something that I, I don't know it seems to be completely gone there's no there's no there's no balls to the music anymore if i am allowed to still use that expression yeah Please, you know, unless uh, there's some hashtag Me Too feminist movement uh, after me because I dare to use a masculine expression or something. <laughs> you see what I mean? Like this is the this is the world we're living in today. This is I don't know, but I'm hoping that it will change and hopefully it will not have it. it hopefully it will not mean because that's something that I'm also afraid of. Like I don't want any change that comes with the wrong extremes. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, I don't. It's not like we need to attack political correctness with uh, a whole wave of right wing uh, neo-Nazi stuff either. Like, it's, it's why do we have to choose between social justice warriors and neo-Nazis? Like that? No, hell no. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure the the whole gamut of of choices is is much bigger than that. So, no, definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, so. I was going to ask you another thing, actually, as well. Your um, your partnership with Denon, um, yeah, and their and their new Prime rig. I got to play on that. Um, when was it? I got back from the states, 2017. Sorry, I had to think mm-hmm. that. Um, and I went to there's a UK uh, DJ Expo, or there was. It's kind of rebranded now, but it was called BPM. Um, yeah. And uh, I've I've sort of been chatting to one of their. Uh, like head of sales for a while is it jay jay uh, cunningham no it's um i wish i could remember his name god damn it oh. uh, <laughs> i should know his name but he was like he he was like part of in music which is obviously Newmark, then and rain everyone now um yeah. but he travels around the world and sort of does like various sales things um and uh, i should really remember his name i want to say ben <laughs> but I, I can't remember um but yeah anyway I, I, we were chatting with him and it was when um they just uh sort of were demoing um the, their sort of the, the prime software with their own kit yeah uh, and i thought it was amazing i i loved it i love i mean i'm a i'm a i'm a geek yeah. for technology so I'm they a- really they really are like way ahead of the game in many regards like that's why i jumped on that i realized like holy shit this is like this is really well, the, the first contact happened through mc coppa a really really good friend of mine i lo- love that guy he's like one of the most um 
positive people that I have found in the in the drum and bass scene mm. is just really willing to help everybody, connect everybody. He's just like a guy with this generally good vibe. It's always just having fun. Is he's a really really nice nice guy that I made um, um, that I have a really good friendship with, and uh, he connected me with Frank Hun, uh, who's like the Denon DJ representative hater in Germany. And um, this guy is actually like, he listened to my stuff for a long time and he had this project called the Gianna Brothers. And um, so he's like, and I connected with him like even more like, this is a guy that I don't know, we we tell each other stories about ex-girlfriends and stuff like that. And we get <laughs> drunk together. It's like, really, really love that guy. So um, it was a really, it was a really nice thing because the relationship happened in a genuine way. Like it wasn't like, Oh, I got this brand in front of me that's suffering me. I don't know how much cash or something. There was none of that involved because there's a lot of people who have told me, Oh, you just, just stole your soul to dinner. I'm like, no, no, dude, I'm using this stuff because I like it. And these people, I work with them because I like them. But I mean, obviously I also have a lot of amazing friends that could, that, that probably they cannot put together a good mixer. So it still (laughs) has to be good technology. So, when I had the chance to try them, I was like, uh, I was blown away by all the features because it's, it's, it's so ahead of the curve and it, it works for me better because it, I don't know, it seems to be more, to me, it, it, it feels more like an instrument, at least if you make good use of all the hot cues, the fact yeah. that all the hot cues are right in front of you laid out like that much easier like you can do all sorts of different tricks with this like that you couldn't do with with any of the other cd players but yeah i think um i mean the only thing of course is like i made this choice and it's always a struggle uh with the festivals and promoters like we just got pioneer because everybody has (laughs) pioneer and it's the easy thing to do i'm like well but i'm using then well we got pioneer it's always a struggle but yeah I, I think it's becoming less of a struggle because there's more people like me who are asking for the Denon DJ set. Like I even had promoters telling me, dude, you and all you bastards who are now switching to Denon have forced me to buy a new <laughs> DJ set for my <laughs> club. I'm, I am really sorry to hear that because I know they're not cheap, no, but hey, not. man. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, they're just really, they're really, I, I think they are the next thing. And uh, I think if Denon plays their cards right, uh, they should be dominating the market uh, within within a few years. It's of course still going to take a while, but yeah. But it's um, I think it's good that now we have options. Like uh, to be between you and me, I'm also a little biased because I really really liked them. And before this whole prime thing happened, yeah. like I'm talking those small players that everybody hated. Yeah. I love those things, uh, and it's actually what I used to learn to DJ 15 years ago. So yeah. This was right when the first CDJs were coming out, I think, and uh, and everybody was using them. I was like, no, fuck that shit. I don't, I don't, I want my Denons. And and it was the same struggle, except of course, uh, eventually they they lost support, and everybody was using Pioneer. So okay, let's use Pioneer. But to me, Pioneer was always the option that I I was basically had I had to use it because I had no other option. So yeah. so my my story with Denon is um. Is a like it's a very romantic one. It's like, oh my god! I remember when when this happened. I had a uh, Joanna size hitting me up on Facebook, like, oh my god! If there is like someone who deserves to be working with those people, is you? Like, you were the one defending Denon when nobody gave a fuck about Denon. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So it's um it's been a really interesting ride, and I'm happy to to work with them. It's really, awesome. I think it's going to do great things yeah. for the for the scene. No, that's awesome. I, the guy, I just found out. Remember the guy's name? Um, okay. He, he actually works on the side of Akai and Sonivox and stuff now. Um, okay. But at the time, he was at the like say a couple of years ago. He was. He, I mean, it's all part of the same group, the in music group. But yeah. Um, no, I've been I've been chatting him for 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 years because I used to go to the DJ Expo here before I moved. Um, yeah. It's up in Birmingham. Um, every year. Um, they've just. I think they they the one I went to a couple of years ago was the last one of that size. But then there's two that have come out of it as well now. So there's like two shows a year, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But I got to like play, uh, like I said, with Denon, I've loved their stuff for years. I used to have a Denon, um, was it a DNX 1500 mixer, um, mm-hmm. which was a tank. I like, I took that everywhere and it, 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 it didn't fail me, um, yeah. <laughs> which was good yeah. at the time. Um, but um, no, and, and when I looked at sort of buying a controller, um they they had like the nice ones the 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 uh, dns 6000 i think it was um like yeah. solid metallic build um i ended up going with native instruments to be honest with you but um yeah. at the time i was seriously considering it but it was just sort of slightly out of my price range um and uh yeah no since then i've i've i, I mean I'm sat, I'm sat in front of two turntables right now so i've gone back in mm-hmm. time uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's awesome no i'm doing uh i don't know I, we need some of that too I think. oh no we do we do I, like I, said, I was a scratch dj in a band for a while but i was also a scratch dj outside of that so um and I'm, all right and this year i challenged myself to to produce 365 videos like a video a day of me scratching Oh wow! Um, all right, and we're on day two hundred and twenty-five, I think now. And you have two hundred and twenty-five streams. Uh, I have two hundred and twenty-four. I've got to upload the one from today. Uh, all right, there you go. Well, well, I mean, dude, that's still a fucking. I mean, if you had told me, I mean, um, there were like twenty days where I just couldn't do it. I would still understand. You no, know what no, I mean? That's, I, I, that's I, awesome. It has been an absolute challenge, but it's something that I've like. Uh, um, I, I needed to, because basically when I moved to the States, I couldn't take my turntable, or I didn't take my turntables with me. Um, yeah. So I ended up taking my controller, but there's only a limited sort of thing. I had the uh, the Tractor ST, and it's a, yeah. it's a solid controller, but um, and it did, yeah, for, yeah. it did for my radio show and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I missed the sort of feel of, of, of the physical sort of aspect of it. Um, so when I got back and we, we got our own place here, um, I've actually got a garage I'm sat in right now with everything set up. So All right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, All right. I'm a very happy person right now. Um, but I bought myself a, a portable turntable as well. I've got one of those Newmark um, scratch turntables. Yeah. Um, so I can go anywhere. And it's like a tiny little like, um, it's one of the sort of like archiving turntables. Yeah. Where you can just sort of, you know, you convert your vinyl to MP3. Um, but uh, it's been modified with a crossfader and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, right. I've been I've been doing stuff with that. So I'm like, you know. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Yeah. The, the, um, if you want, maybe I could. Um, I mean, you already mentioned you're speaking with uh, with Simon, but um, I also know Jay and Andy. Uh, okay. Jay is like the Denon DJ specific person from In Music Brands and Andy is the Yakai specific person. Okay. And uh, he, I'm actually, uh, I was interested in trying the new Akai Force because I really like that solution to, I was thinking of, you know, whenever I travel, just take that thing with me and start making music because yeah. I still 
you know, I mean, I guess you could still get a laptop, but but my laptop is just too cumbersome. If you really want a good laptop that you can do proper things with, uh, I'm not. I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not very good with. Um, I don't see the point in buying myself a 500 pound laptop to make music. It's, it's eventually going to crash. Rather <laughs> have like a whole system with, uh, and then you have the laptop, and then the MIDI controller, and then the yeah. whole thing. And this thing is all like packaged in one. I thought it was amazing. That's something I'm looking forward to test. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I can always get in touch with those people as well and see if uh, whatever happens, man. Oh yeah, they can do. I mean, they they are literally in the UK. They are based about five miles away from me. All right, then you're good. All right, so you can just go storm the door and be I, like, "Hey, I could, I could." I, I've never liked to ask for stuff though, so I'm like, I'm one of those like, you know, I've always paid for everything that I've got, so it's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, fair, fair enough, fair enough. But, I mean, um, if you if you can do that, that's awesome. But I can't. Uh, but I, I, it, my credit it, yeah. card can. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. I mean, I'm, I'm always. Um, I mean, sometimes. You know, whenever I had the the blessing of having company offering me a discount, like I'm, I always, I'm just so thankful. But I'm more interested, like just you know, just collaborating with them. It's 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 promotion for them. It's promotion for me. Yeah. And um, and I try to do it with people that I'm genuinely excited about. Like sometimes I'll I'll do it with smaller companies. Uh, I'm like, dude, I just bought this plugin and I think this is great. Like, uh, and I'd love to give you a testimonial. And then they get like super excited. And sometimes they send me all the licenses and stuff. But but I. I I don't uh, really like. Also, I, I also don't come up front like, "Hey, I want this for free because I'm sardonic." That's, that's okay. That, yeah. that, 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 that guy is that guy is long gone. <laughs> yeah. No. I when I was in the band, we we were endorsed by various like companies. Um, and yeah, it was a question of like, it, like it was one point where we were sending out letters saying, "Oh, we're doing this. Would you mind? You know, would you want to endorse us?" And we ended up with a Marshall amplification endorsement. Um, well, that's amazing. So, you know, dude. Th- things can happen when you send letters. So yeah, <laughs> that is true. That is true. Um, but no, I mean, I'm I I, I the Denon like uh, the the Prime kit. I've I loved it because it was kind of an an all in one um, system, and it was all built in house as well. So you've got you haven't got like a piece of software that can be like that's on everything that has various like issues. It's a bit like um not to use my 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 sort of like bias on Apple side of things, but a lot of their stuff is built in house or everything's built in house. No, fair enough, so man. Got, I mean Apple Apple is still and... like Apple is still a really, really good um ecosystem, I think. I mean it's not my ecosystem of choice, but I'm not like I don't. I don't see the point of this whole like, oh, I'm on PC, so let's bash Apple. It's just two <laughs> two different systems, and they both work. And whichever you know, whatever floats down oh, your. Oh no, river. I was a Microsoft technician as well, so I'm 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 fluent in both languages, if you will. So yeah, um, but I just like the fact that it's 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 built in. I don't have to buy virus software. I don't have to like mess around with anything like dramatically unlike with Windows, where you kind of if you want to do it, you can customize it completely to what you want it to be um yeah but it also leaves a back door open constantly as well so yeah um, fair enough for stuff to happen but you know before like you say with the laptop i've always had like pc laptops and then after like a year two years they stop working or they slow down dramatically but i've had this macbook pro now for five years and i'm still using it i'm using it right now to record this so (laughs) yeah fair enough i mean as i said like if it if it's worked for you like i I don't don't see i don't see why not i know also like there's a lot of software like mac only software that is really really i know there's a lot of film editing standards that are mac only so that's like the way to video editing and stuff and uh, yeah and i think so logic logic pro as well on the on the music side 
Yeah, and I, I know if I'm not mistaken, I'm not sure what Noisia uses now, but I know they were using Logic for a very long time, and then they switched. They were on PC, and then they switched to Mac because Logic went Mac only. Yes, and uh, and I know it's um, I know it to be a great software. So absolutely, man. Like you know. I think it's beautiful that we live in a world where everybody can do just whatever the hell we want. We can still, if only, right? Yeah. If, if only we stopped imposing <laughs> things on people and you have to think like this. And uh, and it's it's just so... That is exactly right. Point. Yeah, it's so pointless. <laughs> you know, it's, I think it's beautiful that we have the options. We have too many options, actually, if you ask me. We have, like, way too many options. We are spoiled for, for good. choice. But, yeah, know, and then you've got to like for some reason people like to justify their choices to a to an extreme measure. So, yeah, that is true. They get but, too religious about it. The second people get religious about something, that's when that's when it stops making sense. Yes, exactly. But, yeah. But, no, um, I was just gonna I was gonna regale you with a with a funny little uh, thing the other day. My wife was listening to some music, and uh, she goes, "Oh, you'll really like this." This is like right up your alley, and it was you. <laughs> it was your album. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's amazing, man! Oh, but send my regards to your wife. I, I wish you guys all of the happiness in the world, <laughs> and many, many years together of you know tolerance and communication. That's oh, no, all it's all good. We've been together. Well, we've been married for thirteen years this year, so you know. Oh my god! All right, so you okay? Right. So you got you got the tolerance and communication part. Well, you could write a book about it. Oh yeah, you could. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, that's that's amazing, man. Yeah, that's one of one of my personal goals as well. I mean, it seems like it, it seems like something so outdated for so many people. But I am a guy that. I remember since, as far as this is no no joke, since I was three years old, I remember wanting to get married. Uh, it, it, I was, it, it actually goes to this really funny story that happened this one time. I went to uh, a neighbor's house. It's a really, really beautiful woman these days. And um, she was, of course, back then a three-year-old girl, and I'm a three-year-old dude. And I look at her, and I look at my mom, and I say, hey, that's my girlfriend. I'm like, what do you mean that's your girlfriend? You haven't even talked to her. No, no. But she has a pretty face, so she's my girlfriend. <laughs> I just said that in their house and everybody, I mean, everybody just bursted out laughing. Like, and, um, but, but it's really funny. Like since this story, uh, this is something that my parents would always talk about. It's like, yeah, you, you were just really into having a partner since you were a little kid. Like I wasn't trying to, you know, I mean, I, I have my share of fun, but, but at the end of the day, I realized like it wasn't really for me. And I always tried to pursue, romantic relationships many times, maybe making the wrong choices. Uh, sometimes mm. maybe I wasn't ready for some things yet myself, but I remember all my friends saying like, Oh dude, no, you, you just, you're way too intense. Just gotta, just go get laid and have fun. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't <laughs> work for me. And, and I went ahead and did it and I had my fun. And then I realized again, okay, this was fun for a while and then, but it's not really what I want. So thankfully right now I have, an amazing, gorgeous girlfriend who is also one of the main reasons why I'm moving to Italy because she wanted to move here. Yeah. She lives near Rome. Okay. And uh, and then we decided, nah, let's just take this whole thing to Italy instead. I mean, she has her own ecosystem there. She has amazing friends that are also really good friends of mine. And um, 
And I also get really, uh, it was way easier for me to learn Italian. I can speak some pretty good Italian right now as opposed to German. I've been two years in Germany and my German is not as fluent by any means. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, it's a, it is a tough, it's not as tough as people make it out to be, but it is a tough language. Yeah. But in any case, I'm, I'm like, Jesus Christ, like I couldn't be more blessed, like uh, similar values, similar tastes, similar preferences. Like, uh, like she... The, the second time we, I mean, we've known each other for, for like since 2016, but we started a serious thing since September last year. And the second time we met, uh, was because she hits me up and, and shows me a ticket for Slayer at the, at the, at the Milan forum. And I'm like, well, what is this? Are you going to see Slayer? And she's like, no, you're coming to see Slayer with me. I don't know how you're going to do this. <laughs> but you're coming to see Slayer with me. I'm like, I mean, that's that's fucking amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I couldn't ask for more, man. I guess uh, it, it took a while, but I think everybody finds what they want. You know, some people may not want that and they're happy like that, I guess. But yeah. uh, I read somewhere, which is something that actually struck me. Uh, there was a guy saying, like, you know, at the end of the day, when you're old and alone and with herpes... You're going to wish you got married. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we have all this carpe diem thing, but we forget that there is an after and, you know, life takes a toll on whatever you've done. So yeah. I think it's, I think we're not so wrong in making a decision of, you know, it's work. Of course, it's a lot of work, but it's work that is so much worth it. Yeah. Having a life partner like that, that you can call a friend as well. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. No, I, yeah. I, I found mine. Um, and uh yeah she's my best friend uh as well as being my wife and and mother to my children um and yeah similar similar kind of story really uh again like that being <laughs> being kind of not well yeah being kind of intense and 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 being in a band and people telling you to enjoy it people telling you just you know don't 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 do this don't do that and you know that's again i, I wanted i wanted something long term i wanted something you know that's that's kind of who i am and 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 what i like you know it's like and it's um, uh but yeah no i was just uh same like i say same sort of deal i ended up finding my my partner and 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 we go to you know we go to shows together and stuff like that she'll surprise me with tickets to to go see various rock bands and stuff like that and and you know we go there together it's not just for me to enjoy it's for her as well so that's amazing. Yeah. That really is amazing. It's not. It's not easy. It's not easy to find. No, it's not. It's not at all. And 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 I, I you got you. I went through a few before I got to her. So you know, it's like it, it's just sort of finding that someone who gets you. You know, and you get yeah. them as well. And you kind of like, and you have that effect on each other rather than one of you sort of like depending on the other for everything or anything like that. So yeah, that is yeah. true. That's a it's a pretty common and unhealthy pattern the whole depending on somebody else thing or somebody else depending on you it never never makes for good relationships so man cheers to our future well to your family and to my future family (laughs) yes cheers indeed indeed um are we gonna i'm gonna wrap things up now because it's it's getting late here and i've got uh yeah i've got work in the morning (laughs) yeah i was gonna ask you like do you upload this recording somewhere or do you uh, translate it to text uh no it's uploaded um it's it, it goes out as a podcast all right so it gets released on apple Podcasts. it gets released on stitcher um 
and also the website. Oh, shit, well. man. I should probably say hello to people. Hey, people, thank you, dude. If you, if anybody has actually listened up to, up to this, up to this point, like, you know, respect to you. Thank you for, for keeping up with us. <laughs> yes. No, this is one, this is one of my log ones. It's great. I like this. Um, <laughs> yeah. Normally I hit, I hit groups and bands on a promotional trail. So I get like 15 minutes with them, um, which is, you know, it's fine for like promotional purposes, but like, I, I prefer the the long format interview or just chat, you know. Um, yeah, because you find it's more, more natural. Yeah, you get a lot more out of out of out of it, like on a personal level. Um, it makes it worthwhile because um, I could just like I've I've worked for radio and stuff like that, and I can just like rack off like promotional junkets, you know. Like you've got you you like, yeah. like like when we started this like you know why do you wear your mask? What about your new album? Yeah. you know all that kind of yeah. stuff, and you can knock that out, you know straight away it's one of those things you get like the 10 15 minutes with them bang 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 done and yeah you know and sometimes it works i've only ever had one that was really awkward um, uh. <laughs> um, but out of out of the sort of 90 i think i'm on 98 now like like episodes um well dude if you've got only one awkward episode out of 98 then you're good <laughs> no i know i know that's why i was like you know and it was just one that that it like I, i'm i'm gonna go i'm gonna revisit I'm going to find them again and interview them again because I enjoy their music. Um, but I think I might have just caught them at a bad moment. So, um, yeah, but I'll go it back could to be. That, but, you, um, you, you never know. I mean, sometimes also people like, I mean, I've also had those moments where I'm like, like right, right now we had this awesome conversation and I'm glad it's going to be, it's going to be there. But I've also had a couple of times, like a couple of people who wanted to interview me and I'm just like, fuck, like seriously, like, are, 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 like when are we going to be done with this? <laughs> of course, I, like later I'm thinking like, yeah, of course I should be thankful because this is promotion for everybody. But it was, I remember like, you know, every now and then you just have Jesus Christ. I remember also this gig in Italy. I had ones like I was so pissed off and tired. I just wanted to play and get the hell out of there. And everybody wanted to take pictures. And so I took one picture, two pictures, 10 pictures, 20 pictures. And then this, when I'm trying to get out the door, this kid stops me. He's like, hey, can we take one picture? I'm like, no! <laughs> <laughs> like the poor kid was so completely, uh, you know, terrified by my answer. But I was so done. And then, but, you know, I ended up, uh, I, I just came behind him like, dude, just come over. Just don't say anything. Oh, what's going on? Listen, I'm very sorry. I'm just really fucking tired. I've done like 15 fucking dates and <laughs> I haven't had, I haven't had the chance to, to have any shot eye, but thank you for coming. I, I, I mean, if it wasn't for people like you, I wouldn't be doing this. So yes, please take a picture, but don't say it to anybody because I really need to go to sleep. <laughs> oh, it's all good. So, you know, it, it happens. Sometimes it you just, yeah. yeah. Sometimes you catch somebody at a bad moment and then everybody says, Oh, he's such, he's such an asshole. He's such a, I mean, maybe I caught the panacea at a bad moment and maybe he would still be friends with me, but I don't know. Yeah. We just never talked again. You know, I should reach out, reach out and see, yeah. what, see what happens. I think on that front. Yeah. Yeah. And, that uh, actually sounds like a good idea. I'm going to do yeah. that. Just say, look, last time we met, I didn't think it went, you know, but Hey, I'm in Germany. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, get out. That should that should probably that should probably be interesting. Yeah, no, hopefully yeah. you know we get we get a collaboration going. Like I said, like I have nothing but respect for what that guy does. Will be great, be great. Yeah, no, I loved his music back in the day. So I'm gonna have to go back and check out some of the stuff that uh, I've missed because there's a lot of stuff that I've missed. I think. Um, yeah, I would recommend you before because I mean I, I I know you gotta wrap 
things up. But if you want to check something from, there's this remix that he did for the hard way that I really play uh, all the time. And almost all, I think I've played it in my set since it came, since it came out every single time. It's called, uh, the song is called Total Fucking Nihilism, okay. <laughs> which is an amazing thing. <laughs> so it's, it's, uh, you want to check out the original too, if you want. And then there's his remix, which is, which takes it to the next level. It's like really, it, it's just loud as fuck. It's ridiculously loud. It's awesome. Yeah. I will check that out. I've got, I've written it down in my notes. So yeah, I'll check that out. Um, cool. So, um, I've got a couple of generic questions left for you, if this is all right. Yeah. Um, do that. just kind of wrap things up. I generally ask everybody this. So, um, it's sort of, uh, uh, just sort of a nice, nice way I like to wrap up the, uh, the interview. So, um, no. what are your, um, three top albums that kind of shape who Zardonic is or who you are? that's a tough one i got like twenty thousand, but I'll, I'll try i'll try to think of the three that come off the top of my head Go for it. uh the great southern trend kill by pantera absolutely that was the record that actually i mean I, I i heard metal before that but that was the record that made me obsessed about metal like that was the day the before and after I used to dress preppy and then I started wearing shorts and, and <laughs> ripped uh, cannibal corpse shirts and, you know, and going to concerts and looking angry all the time. That was that record. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then, um, Jesus, like two more records that I can think of. I mean, in, in, like, there's just a lot of stuff that I like, but in terms of like shaping the sounds i would i would guess uh, maybe remanufactured by fear factory okay that was yeah. one of the first times that i heard that that sound together and i thought it was amazing i thought it was uh, like i actually i'm guilty of even liking that remix album more than the original album which i know is kind of a blasphemy to say but i, I just <laughs> i love that remix album i thought it was great every single track and it was was amazing yeah that was a band i and, was like uh, um i was trying to remember earlier when we were talking about bands that kind of like had that that crossover sound and fear factory yeah. were huge for me i like just some, some yeah just that like i mean it wasn't what was the word um no it was just so heavy but clean you know what i mean it was um yeah it, it, but it had yeah. that real like sort of like i mean playing it in a club sort of wise like playing linchpin or something like that people love um yeah but going back to that remanufacture demanufacture album era um yeah those tracks were fucking heavy as shit so um oh yeah um, oh yeah and Pantera. they marked an era for sure yeah um i just sort of wish people today knew who they were because i've played them recently and people are like what's this <laughs> I'm like, no. yeah i mean it's it is what it is man you know generations change and things that yeah. they're always going to be huge for us but you know sadly looking at the numbers they're just not yeah and it's sad because they actually even in the numbers and on sales like fear factory back in the day was like a really really stupid successful band yeah third album third to album. wrap this up um yeah. I would say Fat of the Land by the Prodigy, absolutely. Okay, yep, yeah, no, that is a hell of an album. Um, yeah, changed a lot of things for a lot of people, that one. Um, yeah, so. right, throw that last question, let's do it. <laughs> cool. uh, what, what are your hobbies away from music? What do you do to get away from... <laughs> what do you do to get away from Zardonic? Uh, um, not so much get away, but video games. Video games, okay. <laughs> A lot. Oh, yeah, I play too much. But the thing is, not so much get away, I mean, because... I have this dream and it actually happened already. Like Zardonic is a character in a video game. Okay. So, so when 
I see the game, sometimes I'm thinking, like, how can I integrate this into... Sometimes I see that. Like, Zardonic is not just a drama-based act. It's just the character. I think yeah. it has so much potential for so many things. But, yeah. I mean, I could spend the next five hours talking no, more no, no, about it. all right. But... I'm not going to keep you. Uh, <laughs> what platform do you play on video game-wise? Just out of interest um you know different genres but i'm usually into i really like rpgs like old school japanese rpgs the final fantasy series and yeah. also um this new genre new quote-unquote it's been around for like 10 years but this new genre of like rpg shooters like mass effect um, oh, yeah. Yeah. uh assassin's creed as well like really really yeah. I, I discovered it recently i know i'm late to the party but i'm I was blown away by it. It's like, holy shit, now I see why people love this so much. What do you play and, on? What, uh, what, um, what system? I'm mostly on PC, but uh, I just ordered myself a Nintendo Switch, so okay, I think cool. my wallet's going to suffer for a bit. It will. <laughs> it will, trust me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Cool. But well, yeah, dude, I mean, anytime you want, you know, hit me up on WhatsApp, Skype, and thank you everybody who's like, I'm, I'm here just talking to you, forgetting that there's people who are going to listen to this. Thank yeah. you, anybody who tuned, uh, who tuned in up until this time, I'm very sorry that I have to go speak to my girlfriend, but I no, really so don't want her I've, to. I've got to go to bed. So <laughs> we're in the same sort of thing. I think my wife's probably going uh, gone to bed. So, <laughs> so that's all enough. good. Um, so um, uh, it's Frederico, isn't it? Your name? Yeah, yes, that's my real name. That's your real name. Yes, I was just making sure because I was reading off the thing. Sometimes people put different names for their thing. So, um, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, so that equal, thank fine. you for this. I really appreciate it. It's been a long time coming for me anyway to actually get you on the show. Um, but no, it's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, Likewise, man. Yeah, good Likewise. luck with the um, Infest Festival and all, all your other dates you've got coming up in, in Europe as well. Thanks, man. And, I appreciate um, it. Yeah, let's let's catch up soon. We'll figure something out. We'll yes. meet for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, man. Have a good one, all right? And uh, yeah, good night. Uh, you too, man. Cheers.